Hey guys, good morning. My name is Josh Vargas, pastor at Strong Tower Worship Center in Ligonier, Indiana. Um, this is our third lesson in our series titled The Good News. And this uh, lesson is coming to you. <laughs> I'm actually sitting in my office at my desk. Normally we record these um, podcasts live on our Sunday morning services. We attempted that, but we had some technical issues. Uh, and so we're re-recording it now. Uh, again, and we're just doing it a little bit differently. So a little bit different dynamic. You're not going to hear, you know, the people in the background. It's just, uh, it's just you and me right now. So I hope this is a blessing to you. But again, this is lesson number three in a four-part series titled "The Good News," which is obviously referring to uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ. So let's go ahead and get started. First thing I want to do is I want to review um, for uh, those who maybe haven't heard the other two podcasts uh, or the first two lessons. In the series, so real quick, uh, lesson number one is talking about well, if there is good news, if it's called good news, then what's the bad news? So we talked about what's the bad news. Okay, so the bad news is, is that sin separated us from God. All right. Um, lesson number two was basically why does God care that sin separated us? Okay. So if the bad news is that sin separated us, lesson number two is like, well, why does God care about that? Like, if you know, hey, that sounds like our problem, right? Like, that sounds more like a you problem, not a, not a God problem, right? And so, you know, the, the truth in that was, was that God does care. Not only does He care, like He loves us. In fact, John 3.16 says that God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son. And so we talked about how, um, you know, the nature of God's care for us. And that comes down to Psalm 139, 13 and 14. I love this because this is, this is awesome. If you're having a bad day, this is about to turn things around. Remember what Psalm 139, verses 13 and 14 say. It says this, For you, talking about God, for you, God, you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Praise you, God, because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. The reason God cares about this sin problem is because this sin problem separated us from God. And God's like, no, you're mine. I made you. I formed you. I knit you together inside of your mommy's tummy. Like, you belong to me, and I'll be darned if anybody's going to take you away from me. I want you. I want you. <laughs> That's I hope that blesses you this morning. Man, I could almost stop the podcast right there. I'm not going to because I got about two hours left to go. I'm kidding. All right. We're just going to go through these real quick. All right. So week number one, what's the problem? What's the bad news? Sin separated us. Week number two, why does God care about that so much? He made us and he's not going to let that separation exist. So now it takes us to today's lesson. Week number three. Lesson number three is titled the solution to the sin problem. Okay. If we know that sin separated, but God doesn't want that separation, well, he did something about it. Lesson number three is going to talk about how Jesus, his perfect life, and his sacrifice was the solution to the sin problem. Let's start first by turning to Romans chapter 5. And we're going to read verse 17, 18, and 19. Okay? Let's start with verse 17. So again, Romans chapter 5, and let's start with verse 17. So again, this is kind of like a review. We're going to see the problem, and we're going to see that God cares about the problem, and then we're going to see what He did about the problem. Check this out. Let's start with Romans 5, 17. Okay? 17 starts out by saying, 
For if by the trespass of one man, death reigned through that one man, talking about Adam, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? So let's stop right there for a second. If Adam who was a flawed man, brought about death, and he did. We talked about that in the first podcast, okay? If Adam brought about death, how much more is Jesus' perfect life and sacrifice going to bring about reigning in life, okay? And I emphasize the reigning in life, okay? Because some of you are, are, are having such a bad season right now. Some of you are listening to this podcast and having such a, a bad go of things right now. You need to understand that, that being a Christian and following Christ is, is not just for the eternity's perspective. You know, I don't want to just live forever with Jesus. Jesus promises to, for us to be able to reign in life. Now, I didn't say it was going to be easy. In fact, Paul says it's a fight, okay? But the fight and the process and the life is an absolute blessing. But you really got to be living in Jesus in order to appreciate it. But that's another podcast, okay? Let's get back to it. Verse 18. Let's check this out. All right? God created a solution to the problem. Verse 18 says, Consequently, just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people, so also one righteous act resulted in justification and life for all people. Verse 19, for just as through the disobedience of the one man, talking about Adam, the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man, talking about Jesus, the many will be made righteous. In fact, let's go on to verse 20. Verse 20 says this, the law was brought in so that the trespass might increase, but where sin increased, grace increased all the more. Verse 21, so that Just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I'm just going to go ahead and jump right to it. Man, if you want eternal life in heaven, to be reconciled back with God, it's going to happen through Jesus Christ. In fact, let me turn here real quick and read you John chapter 14, verse 6. Jesus said, His words, they're written in red, okay? Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me, okay? So I just want to encourage you this morning, like, what's the problem? The problem is Adam and Eve took a bite of that fruit off that tree that God commanded them not to eat from, okay? That's the problem. Sin is disobedience. You saw that in verse 19. Okay, for just as through the disobedience of that one man, the many were made sinners. Okay, that's the problem. Why does God care about this problem so much? Because He made us, man. He formed us in our mother's tummies. Like, He didn't just put us in the same category as insects and lions and birds and stuff like that. No, we were created in His image. We were created much different. We were set apart when we were created. We are not like the rest of creation. We are different, man. And and in that difference, God cared for us so much that when Adam and Eve, they sinned and they disobeyed, and and I'm not going to lie to you, 
Through that sin, we inherited spiritual death. We inherited physical death. We're all going to die. Okay? But because God cared for us so much, He sends Jesus now to solve the problem and bring us back into that reconciliation with Him. But it's got to be done through accepting Jesus Christ. And that's what we really want to understand today, is what it is to accept Jesus Christ. Okay? Because if God is creating the solution to the problem, we still understand that there is the ill effects of Adam and Eve's decision. There is still the truth that is found in the Scripture in Revelation that, that, that the devil and Satan is still doing his thing here on this earth, and he's trying to steal, kill, and destroy us away from eternity in heaven with God. But isn't it so encouraging to understand that God does not sit here uh, you know, high atop on the throne looking down at our lives, and he's ready to just smash us when we make a mistake, or he's stiff-arming us and keeping us away from him until we're perfect. No. Read the Bible again. John 3.16 says, for God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whosoever would believe in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And then read John uh, 3.17, the very next verse after that. It says, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. And then verse 18 says, Whoever believes in Jesus is not condemned. Whoever believes in Jesus is not condemned. So we have established firmly that Jesus is the solution to the sin problem. Now let's just appreciate the solution a little bit more, okay? Romans 3.25 uh, mentions a word, and the word is atonement. And in fact, 1 John chapter 2, verse 2, uh, says this about Jesus. He, 1 John 2, verse 2, He, Jesus is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And not only for our sins, but also for the sins of the whole world. Now that word atonement comes up many times in the New Testament. And what atonement basically means is, think of two people who were enemies uh, toward each other. They hated each other. They were fighting each other. Atonement is bringing those two together in peace and in friendship. Okay, that's what atonement means. Atonement is bringing two things that were contrary or enemies, and now they have a peaceful friendship. Okay, so when 1 John 2 2 says that Jesus is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for our sins, but also for the sins of the entire world, okay, what, what the Bible is saying there is that at one point we were enemies with God. In our sin, and when Adam and Eve sinned and they disobeyed, in our disobedience, that's what it is. We are separated from God. But Jesus became the atoning sacrifice. So I'm going to go back to that illustration. God's not sitting up in his throne room and he's just ticked off at us saying, oh, I can't stand them. And only if, only if they start doing things right will I accept them and allow them to enter into my, into my presence. No, God sent Jesus as an atoning sacrifice for our sins, okay? So the sin problem, the eternal separation, has now been cured. That's been solved. Jesus eliminated 
what divided or separated us from God. The only thing now that remains is our obedience and our willingness and our desire to go after God, to close the gap. Now we want to be the ones that that seek after Him again. It's almost as if like, hey, they lifted up the veil, they lifted up the wall, there is God, and now if we want to, we can go running after Him. The question is, do we want to? Well, I want you to consider what it really is to follow Jesus Christ. Because now we know that He's the solution to the problem. We know that He is the atoning sacrifice. So that problem does not exist anymore. Okay? That problem, in terms of it separating us from God, like it doesn't exist. You know, God is saying, I'm here. I loved you. I demonstrated my love for you that I sent my one and only Son, my begotten Son. Like, I've demonstrated my love for you. You know I want you. The question is, do you want me? And that is the question this morning. Do you want God? Do you really want to be with God? There's a difference between, hey, I want to go to heaven versus, no, I want to be with Jesus. I want to be with God. There's a big difference between the two. And John 14, 6 reminds us, the only way to get to God. I didn't <laughs> notice how I'm saying that. I didn't say, man, the only way to get to heaven. I'm like, I, I'm not, that's not my perspective. That's not the words that I'm using. My desire is to be with Jesus, not I just want to make it in. Okay, no. The only way to be with God, to be reconciled back with God permanently without ever having to worry about not being with Him, is through Jesus Christ. He's the atoning sacrifice. Now, do you want that? Well, if you say yes, then the Bible becomes your best friend. The Bible becomes the instruction manual on how to live a life that is following the example set by Jesus Christ. And not just the Gospels, But even Paul's testimony, and make no mistake, the Old Testament absolutely 100% points to Jesus Christ. It is necessary for understanding how much God loves us. Okay, The entire Bible is given to us so that we can begin to appreciate not only what God has done, but who we can be in Christ Jesus in our lives today. So, Maybe you are not pleased with your current career. Maybe you are unhappy about your family situation. Maybe you and your spouse are fighting right now. Maybe you have a child who is disobedient, causing you frustration. Maybe you have co-workers who are frustrating you as well too. Maybe you deal with anxiety and you worry and your heart races a million miles per hour and you don't even know why. Maybe you have all kinds of problems and issues. Well, let me give you something right now that should be some peace in your life. I want to read to you Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15. Again, this is the Word of God coming out of the Bible. Do you accept it as truth or not? It's entirely up to you. I believe that these are the words of God. I believe that when someone, you know, when I, when I say, God, I want to hear you, I want to hear your voice, I want you to speak to me, he reminds me, I did. I wrote like 600 pages down called the Bible. I speak to you all the time. Open it up and read it, okay? 
I believe these are God's words to me. Hebrews 4 verse 15 says this, We do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. I'm going to read that one more time. We do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. Instead, we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. There is nothing that you will face in this life that Jesus cannot empathize with. I hope I said that correctly. Jesus will be able to empathize with you on everything. He knows what anxiety feels like. And I know what some of you are thinking right now, like, isn't anxiety a sin? Okay. We all worry. We all get concerned. Okay. I'm going to share something with you that was given to me. Pastor Harold Gingrich of Eden Worship Center in uh, Topeka, Indiana gave me this one time and I'll never forget it. He told me, Josh, feelings are feelings. They're not right. They are not wrong. That is just how we feel. We can't control how we feel, but we can control how we respond to how we feel, okay? When Jesus was about to be pinned to a cross, he was so, so distraught and and, and anxiety-stricken through that. Not because, because, you know, it was going to hurt or remember. Maybe that's what it was. I have no idea what his mind was at that time. But it says that he prayed the entire night, and he cried, and he cried out, and he even said, Lord, if there be any other way but... In the end, if your will be done, okay? And the reason why I'm sharing all this is because, like, you're listening to this this morning, and it's like, okay, like, I get it. Like, Josh, like, Adam and Eve messed up, and so now we inherited, a, you know, a sinful nature, and we inherited this physical death, and so now death reigned through the life of Adam, and so I know that sin separated us from God, and now you're telling me that, like, God formed me, and He set me apart from the rest of creation, and so... This isn't just about like, you know, like, no, he, he really loves us and he wants us to be back with him. But now, like, we stand at this like intersection and there's two paths to take now. Because what we're saying is that Jesus, <laughs> Jesus is the atoning sacrifice. And only through Jesus, through a life, an obedient life, Through Jesus Christ, can we truly finalize the reconciliation process? Can we really actually spend an eternity with God? Because the other path is what? Well, I'm going to try to be a better person on my own, or maybe if I get a new career, then maybe I'll feel better about myself, or if I take this new medication, then maybe that'll make me feel better. And I'm going to tell you, like those things will probably work for a while, but it's only going to be a matter of time before you get right back into that same state, because without following Jesus Christ, without what Hebrews 4.12 says, the Word of God being alive and active inside of your life, without Jesus' words being the true bread that you eat from spiritually each and every day. It's one thing to wake up and have your Cheerios in the morning. It's one thing to physically feed your body, but you need to also spiritually feed your soul. And many of you are wondering why you still feel like so heartbroken, so distraught, so worried, so empty, so, 
you know, like lacking, you just don't have, you know, that drive, like you don't know why that is. Let me tell you why that is, because the one thing that's missing in your life and you don't even realize how bad you need it is Jesus Christ. But trust me when I tell you that if you just start to sample it, go to, it's like going to Walmart or Sam's Club, you know, and you run into those little food vendors and they give you a little sample of the treat that next thing you know, you buy 10 cases of it. Like that's exactly how it is. Just take a sample of it. This podcast is just a sample of Jesus Christ. We're giving you just a few scriptures here this morning. But man, I hope it whets your appetite for more and for more. And only when you start to just dive into Jesus and you take of what he is, he calls himself the bread of life. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. When you start to eat of that bread, when his words become your nourishment, when his ways and his lifestyle becomes your lifestyle and your ways, Man, you will be more than saved. You will be satisfied. You will be more than saved. I mean, salvation is actually simple. Salvation's done. Jesus died on the cross and, and, and we have forgiveness of our sins, man. We just need to be satisfied in Christ Jesus. And so many times, so many of us are, are sitting here thinking that, that we have this Father God that just puts his thumb over the top of us and keeps us stiff-armed at a distance and says, uh, you, know, I, you know, only until you're perfect am I going to love you. And only until you're perfect am I going to accept you into my presence. Man, he sent his one and only son as an atoning sacrifice. Romans 5, 18 and 19 said, justification, propitiation for all mankind God said, the door is open. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And Jesus said, you're going to do that through me. And in Hebrews 4.15, God is reminding you that whatever it is that you are facing in your life, Jesus is the one who's going to satisfy it. Because we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, God made Him, Jesus, Him, who had no sin, to become sin for us. So that in Him, in Jesus, we might become the righteousness of God. What you have to understand this morning is that when Jesus died on the cross, He bore our sins. 1 Peter 2, 24-25 says, He Himself, Jesus, bore our sins in His body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. By His wounds you have been healed. Verse 25 says, For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and the overseer of your soul. Jesus bore our sins. Man, the sin problem has been solved. The other thing Jesus did was He became human. He emptied Himself of the divine quality so He could empathize with us being fully human. Philippians 2, 5-8 through says, And your relationship with one another have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being the very nature... God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. 
God's not sitting up there with his thumb saying, ha you know, I'm going to keep you guys at an arm's distance until you do everything that I want you to do just perfectly so I can accept you in. Okay, listen to what Jesus says and listen and look at the life of Christ. It says in Philippians, God did not consider equality. Jesus did not consider equality with God. Okay, something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, God, he made himself nothing, Jesus, by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. First John, or I'm sorry, John chapter 1, verse 14. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and the only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. Jesus is not trying to beat you up. Jesus is not trying to keep you at arm's length. He loves you. He laid his life down for you. He bore all of our sins. He became sin and he was perfect and he became sin. And not only did he become sin, he became fully human so he could empathize with everything that we would ever experience. And yet in that, and this is the other part that you have to understand, he lived a perfect life. 1 John 3, 5 says, But you know that He appeared so that He might take our sins away, and in Him is no sin. For 33 years, guys, listen. Jesus perfectly followed the law of Moses, and He taught and He lived out the law of love. 1 Corinthians fifteen three says, For what I received... Paul says, what I receive, I pass on to you as of first importance that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Okay, this was God's plan from the very beginning. And was God satisfied with the execution of his plan? Oh, I'd like to think so. Colossians 1.22 says, but now God has reconciled you, those who believe, those who believe, God has now reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in His sight without blemish and free from accusations. Hebrews 10.10 says it this way, And by that will we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ. And here's the last part. Listen to this. Once and for all. If you want to stand before God without blemish, free from accusation, understand that you can do that now and not just wait for your eternal life. No, you can live with that confidence today. When we talk about for God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son that whosoever what believes in him. So many times we sit here and we say, man, I want to believe uh, Josh, I understand what you're saying. I, I, I just, I don't know if I can. I, I don't know if I can do that, man. I'm just gonna, let me be honest with you. You can't. Not in your own strength. But thank God He sent us His Word. Thank God we have the Bible. Man, when you first come to Christ, a lot of people think that you're going to sit in church, pastor's going to give the message, and then you're going to stand up or you're going to respond. You're going to go to the altar and you're supposed to somehow like pray a prayer 
that then makes you like a completely different person and your different personality and now you don't think the same way and now you don't act the same way and, and you get it from that altar and now you have this like you know slate wiped clean and, and, and from now on you just gotta go on and 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 be completely different. It doesn't work that way. I'm telling you right now when 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 I talk about like unpacking your salvation and unpacking sanctification, like becoming this new person, it's a process. It's an absolute process that you will now uh, venture on for the rest of your life. The rest of your life is going to be you getting better and better at applying the truths that you read in the Word. But for decades, you know, I mean, even centuries, pastors of churches have, have just beat people over the head, like, read the Bible, pray, read the Bible, pray. Read the Bible, pray. And just we've been so desensitized now to it. And everybody forgets to tell them why. Why? Because you have to understand that when Adam and Eve committed that sin and that disobedience, as the first human beings, remember, they were the first ones. And all of their blood now trickles through our bodies as well. We are all descendants from Adam. And so... Because we are descendants of Adam, we inherited that sin nature. We inherited that stupid thought process, that, that, that selfishness. We inherited all of that. The Bible says that we are born in our iniquities. And so because of that, we got to understand that when we come to Christ, it's going to be a process. It's going to be a process of not only taking baby steps, going to Walmart, sampling the food, the bread of life, but letting that bread do its work and run its course and letting us grow little by little every single day, adding more of the word into your life, applying the truth, getting yourself into church under the leadership of a shepherd who's going to guide and direct you in the word of God. I'm going to tell you right now, if you're going to a church and you're going to a church because of the programs or it's free babysitting, you're missing it. You're missing it. If you're going to a church because you're encouraged by the pastor, but you're not actually internalizing the Word of God and applying His teachings, you're missing it, okay? All you're doing is appealing to your emotions. All you're doing is, is, is selfishly sort of t partaking of something that's only feeding your mind or your physical nature, and it's not feeding your soul. I'm talking about getting rooted in the Word of God. And if... if if prayer is me talking to God and telling Him of all the things that are on my heart and all the things that are going on in my life, okay, because the Scriptures literally say, okay, seek and ye shall find. Ask and it shall be given unto you. Okay, knock and the door shall be opened. Like, we're supposed to pray to God. If prayer is us praying to God and talking to God, then the Bible is God talking back to us. It's, it's crazy. So many times people say, man, I just, I want to hear from God. Like, I wish He would send me a sign. I wish that God would speak to me. Oh, Josh, if, if God would just speak to me, you know, then I would listen a little bit. And I tell people all the time, He has spoken to you. He, he has provided words. And we're waiting for like the clouds to part open, the sky to split open, and all of a sudden thunder's supposed to crack and, and you know, like we're going to hear this voice and, and God's saying, I've given you my word. So if prayer is us talking to God, the Bible is God talking back to us. And those two things become the formula 
for how we grow in Christ. I understand that you might have listened to a pastor preach a message and you raised your hand and you went to the altar. But two or three or four days later, maybe a couple of weeks later, all of a sudden you're kind of right back to it again. It's because you didn't get connected and rooted in, in the word, in prayer. And here's the other thing. The other thing is this. I think it's Hebrews 10, 25. Don't, don't quote me on that. I think it's Hebrews 20, 25 that says, do not neglect the gathering together of the saints. Genesis 2.18 reminds us that it is not good for man to be alone. It's one thing for you to pray to God. It's another thing for, for God to give you His instruction back to you. But man, you have to surround yourself with like-minded people. You have to surround yourself with people who believe. If you are not surrounding yourself with fellow believers, then you're doing this on your own and it's only a matter of time. Think of it this way. Think of it this way. Even the greatest, uh, you know, strongest animals... When you are surrounded by enough predators and you are isolated, even the strongest of animals is going to get taken down. It doesn't matter how strong you are individually. There is strength in numbers, and not just, not just numbers for the sake of numbers, but there is strength in brothers and sisters and defense, okay? I'm going on a tangent now because like the Holy Spirit is starting to really move in me, and I'm really believing that someone's hearing this for the first time, and, and, uh, and, and, and they're going to come to this understanding of what it is that Jesus is, is there for them and, and they're going to receive Jesus in a brand new way. I really believe that someone's hearing this for the first time in this way and they're starting to realize like, wow, like nobody's ever said this this way. Like, like I get it now. I, I get that. It's not just this one and done sort of thing and, and here I am. No, it's a process. We're not asking you to know about Jesus. I'm asking you to believe in Him and then for the rest of your days, try to improve upon a relationship with Him. By definition, a relationship with Jesus Christ is partaking of the Word of God, getting into the Word of God, letting Him talk to you every day. By definition, it is you talking back to Him every day. By definition, a relationship with God then means because God says the greatest command is to love me with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. But then the very next thing he says is then what? To love thy neighbor as thyself. Like by definition, a relationship with God is, hey, as you talk to me and I talk to you now, go talk to somebody else. Go tell somebody else about that. Oh, we've come full circle. We've come full circle. Because that's the good news. That's what makes it so good. In my sin, I was separated from God. But God was not willing to allow that separation to continue. Why? Because He made me, man. He loved me. And in His love, He sent His one and only Son, Jesus, to die for me. And when Jesus died for me, it was finished. He was the atoning sacrifice. And now, not only is that divide no longer there. I can go running to God. I have nothing to be afraid of in running to God. Why? Because we do not have a high priest who cannot empathize with our weaknesses. We do not have a God who's holding his thumb over us, ready to smash us when we make a mistake. We do not have a God who's keeping a stiff arm and saying, only until we are perfect will I accept you. No, we have a God who loves us enough to send his one and only son. And Jesus is saying, I have provided you through my word and in prayer, a pathway to have a relationship with me. And I know because, because you are still in that sin nature, you are still in that, that flesh 
that I am not there, so I'm going to give you the power of the Holy Spirit in order for you to, to, to live this out. And just trust me. The only thing he says is just trust me that I love you. Trust me that I've given you my word. Trust me that I am the atoning sacrifice. And John 14, 6 says, I am the way. I am the truth. You see that? So you see that? And the life. Like the way represents what? I want a relationship with you. Take this way. Take this path through me. But then what? I am the truth. Then take this path through me in truth, which is what? Read the Bible. Study the Bible. Apply the Bible to your life. So I am the way. I am the truth. And then what? I am life. Not only reigning in this life, but definitely in the life to come. I am eternal life. And if you get connected with me, talk to me every day. Get in my word every day so I can talk back to you. And then share your knowledge and what you are learning and how you are growing with other people. Then Jesus says, you are saved. You are no longer condemned. You are in a relationship with me. And those who are in Christ Jesus, those are the ones who find themselves, no, not in heaven, with God. It's not about getting to heaven. It's about getting to be with God. Getting to be with Jesus. I told myself I wasn't going to go on tangents. I was going to try to keep this simple. I failed completely. So forgive me, all right? I'm trying to keep these podcasts down to like 20, 25 minutes. I was way off this time. So please forgive me. Um, But uh, I'm passionate about this, guys. And I just want to extend this opportunity right now. I don't know who you are. I don't know where you're listening to this. Uh, I know a lot of our church family listens to these. A lot of our teachers listen to this because they always miss the message on Sunday mornings because they're with the kids. But I also know that we're on Spotify. We're like all over. And uh, that makes me super nervous because we only started this like two, three weeks ago. And I am not a professional speaker. I I didn't go to seminary. I didn't go to Bible school. Uh, I'm a a sixth grade social studies teacher. Okay. And, uh, And I got... There was an anointing on my life. There was a prophecy spoken over my life, and 300 people laid their hands on me, you know, about seven years ago. And we started a Bible study with 15 people in the living room, and and now it is what it is. And so, you know, I'm I'm nobody special, but I'm just going to tell you right now, if you if you want to unpack more of who Jesus is, contact us, please, contact us. Uh, you know, my email. Uh, is <laughs> well, it's on our website. Please visit our website, um, mystwc.org. Um, look us up. You know, do a Google search: Strong Tower Worship Center in Ligonier, Indiana. Um, I hope this is a blessing to you. If you want to contact me, please give us a call. Our phone number is two six zero eight nine four seventy sixty five. You'll <laughs> you'll call, and either me or Caleb will pick up. I promise you, we're nothing special. But uh, if this has blessed you, uh, let us know. And, uh, and I, hope, I hope that if you're ready to choose Jesus, you, uh, you'll contact me in some way. All right. God bless you guys.